listener production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk and we're sitting here once again triumphant Australia through to an eighth men's 50 over World Cup final after just getting past South Africa in one of those games that had us on the edge of the seat all evening, Brad Haddon. I'm Adam Peacock. Hads, another epic. It threatened to go along the lines of 99 again with uh, with South Africa, but once again, Australia beat South Africa or get the better of South Africa in a big game at a World Cup. How'd you see it? Yeah, it sort of had that feeling in 99. 213 was on the board that Australia had to chase, and, and it was a nail-biter. He was left up to to Camo and Stark, who were outstanding with the ball, but also had to get Australia home in an absolute nail-biter at the end. So, well done, Aussies, into another World Cup final. Yeah, looking at the, the score, so it was 2-12 uh, South Africa bowled out for. At one stage, they were 4 for 24, and we're thinking, well, Rodo, what are we doing after 11 o'clock Eastern tonight? Because it could be over all by then. It had you might have been thinking that when you're uh, over there at Fox Towers doing the doing the coverage, but no, um, a magnificent innings from David Miller rescued South Africa. Heinrich Klaassen threatened, but he was clean bowled by Travis Head, who was plucked from nowhere to come on and bowl, and, and Klaassen was gone for 47, but Miller was all class, 101. Um, he was ably supported by a good little knock from Gerald Coetzee uh, towards the end, and, and Miller really got going to get to his century, but in the end, bowled out 212. Um, Australia's bowlers, and we'll get to, to Hatz's thoughts with our quicks, they were superb taking uh, eight wickets and Travis Head taking the other two. So Cummins with three, Mitch Stark with three, Josh Hazelwood, amazing figures in a one-dayer these days, two for 12 off eight. Um, and then we get to Australia's response and Travis Head and David Warner threatened. We were one none for 60 after six overs, but then Davy Warner fell for 29, Travis Head for 62. He was outstanding. Uh, Mitch Marsh poked around and, and gone for a duck. Stephen Smith and, and Manus Labuschagne, it looked all set up for them. Perfect conditions. They can just take their time and, and get to the total, but um, even they found it tricky on the deck. Josh Inglis came in. Oh, Maxi got clean ball by Shamsi for, for one. Josh Inglis, 28, and we're thinking, oh, no, this, this is twisting the wrong way. But Mitch Stark and Pat Cummins came together at uh, 7 for 193 with the, the total within sight but still feeling a long way away and got us home. But um, had, what was the biggest twist? for you in a game full of twists and turns yeah there, there was obviously I could you could go through a lot you could go Coatsy's um, extraordinary decision not to refer the ball that came off his shoulder when him and Miller looked like getting the, the South Africans up around 230 but the big difference in the game and this is why Australia have been successful for, for so many World Cup campaigns was the attitude we presented in the field you, you look at the, the way South Africa played that they were 4 for, for 20 and de Kock, for example, the build-up of pressure, he had, had hit the field a couple of times as some outstanding field and in the covers from Warner and Marnus Labuschagne. And, and in the end, it drew, drew the, the false shot out of the, the cock. He, he felt the, the pressure. He didn't assess the conditions. And he got caught up on a, a bit of the emotion in the game and, and, and the pressure of a semi-final where he charged down and tried to hit um, Hazelwood over the top and eventually taken by an outstanding catch by um, Paddy Cummins. But it was a pressure that Australia built in the field that created a lot of poor decisions out of the South African batsmen at the top. 
And looking at South Africa, um, and we'll, we'll go in more detail with how Australia bowled, but looking at South Africa, how they field, and then it wasn't as if they were terrible, but these little half chances, they dropped a couple, they, there was a couple of other things that went wrong, but is it? Is that the definition between the two teams, do you think? That, that's exactly right. And that's why Australia played in that many finals. Um, you, you could see there was a, a, a shift in intensity from, from the Australians last night. They were outstanding with that new ball building pressure. But the pressure that they created in the field was gives them a point of difference. And, and Australia prided themselves on, on that for forever and a day. Um, there, there's a saying when you go out in the field, let's own that inner ring. Let's make it really uncomfortable for the opposition to to hit through, let's make it claustrophobic and, and make them think that they have to make a poor decision. When South Africa seen the conditions play the way they did, there was seam and swing, uh, which was a good toss to lose. Well done to the Aussies on that one. But they should have reassessed. Um, guys like Dukok who have been around a long time, they should have reassessed conditions and said, okay, let's get through the next 15 overs. It's going to be a bit like test match batting and we'll catch up at the end and get a score around 250 and 280. That'll be enough to win. But in the end, it was just the pressure that Australia built and South Africa just couldn't handle that constant pressure at the top of the new ball. And then in the end, it was a difference. Were you sitting there at four for whatever they were, four for 20-odd, thinking, well, what I said on that podcast last week, South Africa in the big moment, or is it purely Australia's bowling that did it? It wasn't what was rattling around in South African minds. I, I think it was, Australia's bowling was outstanding. Um, the, the wicket offered some swing and seam, which um, both Stark and Hazelwood took um, advantage of. But when the pressure built, you could just see South Africa start to panic. That they, they needed someone out there to take two steps back, make a decision to say, listen, this, week, this surface is different to what we've seen during the World Cup. We're not going to be able to hit our way out of this to the air goes out of the ball. And, and we've seen that. Um, once Clarkson and Miller come together, they got a, a bit of time, got used to the surface. The air went out of the ball. The movement stopped. Then they looked dangerous. But it was someone at the top of the order just to realise that moment to say, okay, this this is going to be a different game. And they didn't do that fast enough. It's, it is very odd to see a, a game these days. It was like watching uh, the old Benson and Hedges World Series uh, cricket in the, the 80s. 220 is a magnificent score. You're thinking, <laughs> it's... You're watching the Windies in Australia in 1984 at the SCG, but with um, with the way that the wicket played. So just explain to us how, like, and there's been a lot of talk about the wickets in these World Cup semi-finals. A wicket like that, why is it so difficult to bat on? Well, I think at the start of the innings, the, the, it offered swing and seam. Um, there was a bit of dew, obviously, um, left in the in the surface with, with the covers being on. But what what you need to do as a batting team, you, you have your, your team meeting, and throughout this World Cup, it was we've got to be aggressive in the in the first ten overs, take use of the power play, um, and, and then our, our innings will start to take shape. But it was a different game this time, and, and what you needed was a senior player to say, "Listen, let's just get through this. Let's pull back our batting. Let's play the ball under underneath our eyes. Let the um, fast bowlers get through their spell and then we'll catch up later. Needed someone to reassess and communicate back with the bench about how you play on that surface. And, and South Africa kept playing the same way that they've played throughout the tournament on flatter surfaces. So they, they just didn't um, oh, sort of communicate quick enough back to the shed. So they, they weren't four for, for 20. Maybe, maybe they were one for 20 after 
15 to, to 10 overs and they would have come back with wickets and hands and, and changed their game style. But uh, Australia just strangled them. Uh, they were outstanding in the field. Their, their presence was spot on. Their older players were, were competing with each other to, to see who could make the best save and create a really uncomfortable environment. And that there is why Australia have been in so many World Cup finals. Yep, that's why we're in eight, and that's why maybe South Africa are still waiting to get in one. Um, it, like, Clarkson and Miller got going, but Paddy, who has been criticised for his, um, you know, his reactive type of bowling changes rather than proactive, chucks the ball to Travis Head. And I don't know about you, Hads, but it was magnificent that Travis did what he did, took those two wickets uh, in two balls. But I'm thinking when they happened, it was like, oh, we're midway through the innings here, and it's he's turning it almost sideways. This is going to be interesting. Is that a consideration for the players out there that, yeah, we're overjoyed that Travis is doing this, but it's like, oh, we've got a bat on this. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, but you caught up in the excitement. I thought Miller and Clarkson were outstanding. I thought they really weathered the storm after being four for 20. They played more of a test cricket innings for half an hour and allowed their game to to build into the contest. And and when Adam Zampa came on, who, who's been uh, probably the, our best through, through the tournament, that they attacked him. They had a game plan uh, and they've done previous to, to hit Adam Zampa out of the attack. And they did that. He, he went wickerless in the in the semi-final. The, the decision to bowl um, Travis Head was off the back of how well Maxwell was bowling. You, you could see that the ball just starting to take the surface. There's quite a bit of turn at times there. And it's sometimes when you get a part-time bowler, you, you, your mind changes. You, you're not quite sure how to play him. You, you're seeing that their best spinner, that they're all out attack. They're, they're really clear in what they're trying to do. And, and when Travis Head came on, they hit him for a couple of fours, and, and Clarkson probably had a, a little bit of a, a brain fade, um, losing his concentration and, and getting bowled off a ball. He, he should have just gone forward and defend or, or taken a bigger step and hit down the ground. So... Yeah, it was it was a clever captaincy from Paddy to to bring Travis head on because he's seen that they were struggling with um, Glenn Maxwell. And was it just me? I certainly wouldn't do this because Heinrich Klassen looks like a bloke who could throw you over the grandstand. Was it just me or did Travis head give him a little ta-da, like a little wave? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a bit on your way, wasn't it? Um, I, I think oh, I think it was a bit of gamesmanship there. Ch- Travis said he, he's a bit of a character and, and, and he's forever one in the field saying, mate, just give me the ball. I'll break the partnership. Oh, what are you guys doing here? Just give it to me. Just come in. And, and he's got a knack for it. We've seen it in test matches. We've seen it in one-day cricket. He's he's a bit better than part-time. He, he does get a lot of purchase off the um, surface um, now and then when he's bowling. So he's just got that knack of breaking those big partnerships and and that was an extremely important wicket because Miller and Aunt Clarkson had taken momentum back and were starting to build for quite a decent total against um, the Aussies. Well, how do you reckon Paddy handled things in the last few overs there? So Curtsy goes uh, and they're 7 for 172, but they, they in the next six overs, they still get to 212. Did did they put a lid on it enough uh, or was it... Was it fair enough because they were always going to have a little flurry at the end? I think you got to give credit there to to David Miller. Oh, I thought he was outstanding. He he had a really good balance between trusting his defence and and using the, his power game. He, he's as good as any um, player in the world with, with the power he possesses to to hit that leg side boundary and and the way he played to to give South Africa uh, 
and a fighter's chance to, to get up to 212 uh, was as good as Coley's knocked the night before. It was different, um, but by no means um, he wasn't up to that same standard. The, the way he, he got momentum back, um, there was different stages through the game. He had to pull himself back in. Times he had to put the foot down to, to take Zampron, for example, because that was their game plan and, and that was their in to put pressure on Australia. I, I think credit needs to go there to David Miller, the way he played under extreme pressure. He, you got to imagine what he was thinking as well, Adam. He's coming at four for 20. He's been around for over 10 years and, and it would be hard not to think, here we go again. Um, they haven't been great in semi finals so to put that out of his mind and go and play the way he did, extraordinary knock. Yeah, outstanding. Um, Miller is actually, like that 101 looks like a, a double 100, but he actually becomes the first South African men's player to score 100 in World Cup knockouts. So that explains a bit in many things about how good the innings was and the trouble that South Africa have had in games like this. And just a word on, on Hazelwood, just a quick one, Hats. It happened earlier in the tournament as well where where you get to the end of the, the 50 and you go, how did he bowl 10? Like, I think it happened with Mitch Stark early in the tournament. Hazelwood bowled eight overs. Now, um, of his 48 deliveries, 39 were dots. So he knew what he was doing on that deck. But was it fair enough when it got a bit hectic towards the end that he, he wasn't called upon? I think if you had your time over again, you'd like to to bowl your 10 overs. I think things got a, a bit weird when they come on for rain. Um, they, they brought the spinners on probably to, to get through that 20-over mark uh, to, to make it a game. Um, and, and, and things can happen like that when, with weathers around. When you sit back and, and probably have your time over again, you, you'd want to use uh, Hazelwood's quote, especially with the way um, he was bowling at the start and the same movement again. Maybe he could have used him straight away if, he, if Paddy knew he was going to be the one to, to bowl at the back end of the game. Maybe he could have used Hazelwood straight after the rain break and, and push real hard for that fifth wicket. Um, and maybe he could have got the opportunity to bowl him out around 120, 130. But when the rain comes, Maxi was bowling well during the middle. The the, the ball was taking spin um, in those middle overs. So, yeah, things got a bit um, um, frantic with what was going on, probably with a lot going on in their head to just to get to 20 um, overs to make sure there's a game. Hey, uh, how would you describe our batting performance? Um we did enough. We did enough. <laughs> it's a nice way of putting it. Travis Head up, up, up the top was, uh, he, he was a real difference. Um, he maybe we were none for, for 60 off about, uh, I think, five overs. And, and that was just to do with the, the license. Uh, Travis Head has um, I'm there at the top. but And then conditions got hard. Um, they, they got really hard in those middle overs. Um, and, and South Africa had a sniff that they, they had a, had a fighter's chance to put a bit of pressure on us there, and and that's what they did. In the end, it came down to the experience of Stark and and the captain to to get us home. But yeah, it was we did the job. We we got the job done. We chased that small total. They can be tricky to um to get as we seen last night, but we got the jo- job done, and now we're into a final. With so with that wicket, especially under lights, it, it becomes particularly two paced. You, you're not totally sure, especially off the slower bowlers that you're not quite sure if it's going to skid, if it's going to scoot through, if it's going to slow, it's going to turn, it's going to hold up, it's going to jam up, all, all of those things. Is that what's going on inside a batter's head? Yeah, you're spot on. And especially with a, a spin bowler attacking the stumps, you're not sure if the ball's going to take the surface and turn big. Um, it's going to hold and, and shoot low. So it's just the inconsistency of, of what the surface was 
was going to do that makes it hard. You, you can't play with any freedom to, to hit over the top or, or move the field around because you, you're not quite sure what, what the bounce of the ball's going to offer. So you can be hard in those middle overs when, when the surface is like this. You, you've just got to find a way to, to get to the other end. Um, you've got to jump on every opportunity you can to, to hit the boundary and put the pressure back on. But that, that's why, to me, it's, it's extraordinary that the way South Africa played when they seen the ball um, swinging and seeming. That, they lost this game in the, in the power play um, when they were four for 20 and not assessing the conditions quick enough. What I couldn't work out as well, as it's maybe not as big a factor as what you just described, is why Maharaj didn't bowl until the 15th over. Now, I know that they get two quick ones. They get Warner and Marsh, and all of a sudden it's two for 61. So it's like, oh, we'll, we'll keep on uh, Markram and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll save him, save him, save him. But still, he didn't come on until two for 106. Like, they're halfway there. And he's obviously going to be their big weapon on this deck. And he, they waited until then. A- am I making things up here, Hads? Or would you consider that a bit of a head-scratcher as well? Yeah, that, he's, he was always going to be the best bowler on, on that surface. But I think they might have been waiting for the ball to get a bit older, um, to, to get a bit more inconsistency in the surface, um, let the fast bowlers run over it a little bit. I, I would have brought him on a little bit earlier, but Mark Broome did a really good job. He got a wicket with his first ball, also, so he, he was um, building some pressure there on on the Aussies. And in the end, yeah, you could say, oh, you should have brought him on early, earlier. But it, it was just it was one of those games where you, you just got to go with your with your gut. We've we seen Australia bowl Maxi an extended period because he, he was building some some pressure. But um, when Mar Araj was bowling at stages, it looked like he was going to get a wicket um, every ball. Mm. Oh, he's outstanding. He's absolutely outstanding. Um, you you said a few things about how our middle order have gone. So starting with Mitch Marsh, did he did he try to go against his natural will, which is to try and hit the ball across suburbs, not just out of the ground? Like was he just poking around a bit, and that's what brought him undone across his six deliveries? Yeah, he he got out to a pretty good catch. His role is to to be aggressive. Um, he's he's a big front footer who likes to uh, plant his foot down and hit high and, and long down the, the ground. So that, that's going to happen at, at stages with Mitch, Mitch Marsh with the role he's got, got in this team. It was a good catch to get rid of him, actually, in the covers. But, yeah, he, his role is to, to play a highly aggressive game. And, and that's when he plays at his best. When he's looking just to survive um, with the bat, that's where he falls in trouble. So, yeah, he'd be disappointed last night not to, to get a hold of that. But... Uh, what he will be happy with it, Australia in another final. Hey, what about our t- um, the last three as well with the bat for Australia? So Inglis, important role. Like it's it's not going to be a an average bending um, run return, but ha- how important his role. And then the two bowlers, um, Stark and Cummins, who in the past have been a bit hit and miss with the willow, but uh, they really came in and did a job. And I dare say that Joshy Hazelwood and Adam Zampa are very thankful for their presence this morning. I tell you what, you, you you want the Aussie captain in a crisis with the bat. You, you look at Edge Baston. Um, you you look at um, Afghanistan the the other night with with Maxwell. We talk a lot about um, Max's innings because as as rightly so, it's probably the best white ball innings that anyone's ever witnessed. But he needed a partner at the other end. Um, and, and once again, it, it was it was the captain. Uh, he, he's calm under pressure. He, 
he knows his limitations um, with the bat. He's, he's not an overly expansive player, but he, what he does do is he trusts his defence, um, waits for them to, to bowl a bad ball, and, and then he looks for his scoring options then. But, yeah, he, he's done this quite a few times now for, for Australia. Got us over in what can look like a, a pretty um, sticky situation. So well done to Starkey also. But it was Paddy Cummins again um, that defined everything under pressure and got Australia home. Is it... There, there would be no greater feeling in cricket with there if you're a tail end bats batter and you're waiting to go in in a really, really high intensity situation and then you end up not having to go out there. That that must be just the best. Well, I tell you what's the best. Adam Zamp would be sitting there and they needed 20 to win. If you need 120 to win, there, the tail's fine because they're not expected to win. But they sit there and, and start to count down. Oh, 90 to win, 80. 60 oh hang on a minute we need 30 to win now now i'm expected to get us home i'm expected to get us 15 runs so yeah it would have been um quite nerve-wracking but the the two senior statesmen did, did a good job they had to put on 20 um stark and and the captain to to get us home so yeah the the last two would have been really really nervous and it wasn't um, easy because that went bat. across half an hour it wasn't as if it was three shots and the whole thing's done it, it was really really tricky and Oh, look, we're going to claim Mitch Stark's performance here at uh, Willow Talk. Um, he's, uh, Alyssa joined us the other day. Um, Mitch took th- three wickets. He was part of the match-winning partnership. Look, it's all on us, isn't it? Surely. Yeah, I've kept saying through the tournament, I was never worried about our bowlers. Um, as long as we are winning, he knew this day was going to come. They're, they're experienced campaigners. We... we we expect a lot of them um, all the time because the standards that they hold. But in these big games, this is where your big players stand up. And and Starkey did that with the with that new ball. Um, he, he got swing. He challenged both sides of the bat. He, he got that wicket in the first over, um, which he so often does in in those big matches. And and Hazelwood was the same. Um, his bounce and and movement that he got off the surface made life uncomfortable for for South Africa. And in the end, they someone liked to cock fell to the pressure. He fell to the pressure of, of world-class bowling and a, and a high-energy fielding team, and he tried to do something that, that wasn't there to play. So, yeah, that, that they were outstanding, the, the three quicks with the ball. Well, just finally wrapping up this game, we're going to have a preview of the final in a moment. But was that a South African choke, Hats? Yes or no? Oh, there, there's elements of it, yeah. There, there, there definitely was, where they didn't react quick enough to um, what was going on. As I said at the top, um, they need to reassess conditions and and reassess what the uh, a pass score was going to be. So there, there was at, st- at stages where they, yeah, they they oh, didn't read conditions, but there's also stages that they played really well. Like Class and Miller, um, partnership in '95 was world class. Miller's hundred was as good as you get. And, and after being tapped around a little bit from um, Travis Head and David Warner, they got themselves back into the game and, and gave themselves a, a chance to win the game. So. Yeah, there, there were stages where that you'd imagine they'd be thinking, here we go again, but they, they also showed a lot of fight to, to defend a small total like that. Yeah, well, that sounds more like a yes than a no, so you remained uh, on the unwelcome list for both New Zealand and South Africa uh, for your future travel plans, so unlucky hats. Um, <laughs> we're back in a sec with a preview of the final. So 
So the final, well, it's one part what the local organisers want. India's there. That's really all they cared about, Ahmedabad. But how do you reckon the locals would be feeling about taking on Australia in the final? It's a blockbuster. It's a marquee matchup. But would India be overly comfortable about having this opponent in the final on Sunday? Well, they know Australia can beat them. Um, they, they know um, we're, as, we're as good as anyone in, in tournament play and, and winning big events. Um, we won the, what, five World Cup um, titles. But this is the final everyone wanted. Um, India have been absolutely flawless during this tournament. Um, their, their batting's been um, on, on, spot, on spot on. Their, their spin bowlers have been great. Their, their fast bowlers, the three, have worked together this, as a unit and and got a lot out of some very placid surface. So th- this is a final everyone wants. There's going to be, what, 130,000 packed in Amenabad. There's going to be a billion people or more watching. And this is what the organisers want. You've got the two best teams. That they've got great rivalry between each other. And this is going to be game on. Um, and you've got an Australian team as well. You, you could lose uh, up to eight players. This could be their, their last opportunity to to play in a, in a World Cup final. So everything's on the table, but India have been uh, flawless throughout this campaign, but uh, Australia can beat them. Yeah, 2027 is a long way away, the uh, the World Cup in, in Southern Africa. So, uh, yeah, big opportunity. So quickly, India, well, their biggest strength looks like the fact that they don't have a big weakness. I mean, they're, they're just so well balanced. They've got Kohli firing. Their top five at any time can take the game away for you. you. You've mentioned the bowlers. Jardasia can get things going if the, the deck's a bit slow and, and skiddy. What potentially is something that they can sit in their build-up Australia and go, yeah, let's go after that? If you, if I'm sitting there and trying to find a, a flaw in this team, they're, they're pretty well balanced. But the, the one thing... Um, if Australia get it right with the new ball, um, I, I think that's important. And Rohit Sharma, I, I thought his innings in the semi-final was enormous for, for India. When, when he took Bolt and Southie on, two best bowls. He only got 47, but it was off 29 balls. And, and it just sort of played um, sorry, New Zealand's best bowlers straight out of the game. And, and he put his presence on the game. So to, to me, if Australia can start really well with the ball and get India two for 30 or, or two for 40 and, and put a little bit of pressure on those those middle overs because they do only have six batters. Um, they've got Deja coming in at seven. They, they have got a long tail, but we no one's been able to get to it because their batting's been so consistent up the top. So if you can start well and get some inroads with that new ball, maybe then this strong batting um order can start to falter a little bit but it's going to be a cracker i think it's going to, the surface is going to be absolutely outstanding and we're going to get a high scoring final oh so we're sitting at the big buffet of uh, pitch choices um pre-order before sunday heads and you're thinking that india might prefer something that's really flat and you know aids their their top six with the bat yeah i think that they, that they would want something very similar to to mumbai um you, d- you don't want to be beaten in a final by by a bad surface. You, you want it to be um, a surface that they can offer a little bit with both bat and ball, but you, you don't want a surface in the final that um, makes a result of of the yeah of the game. So I, I'd imagine India will want a good surface. They don't want a dry surface. They, they play that well, and and um, but it, it'll be a pretty good surface. What about from an Australian perspective? I asked that question of where we'll be pinpointed as a potential weakness from 
from India's look at an Australian perspective about where they need to to maybe improve? What can India get at from uh, in Australia's lineup? Yeah, I I think Australia building to, towards a perfect game. There, there was moments of um, that coming out in in the South African semi final where where our fielding was was on point. We 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 get these big games. We we understand what it takes to win. So I I think India will have a look at our middle order um, to to see if if we can get there. If we can get rid of head Warner and, and Marsh early and put a bit of pressure on that that middle order where um, Smith Marnus um, Inglis is still still young. Maxwell can be a match winner. They know that, but um, he can be um, inconsistent as well. So I I, I think they'll see. Um, they're bowling um, as a, bi- a big chance to to get through this Australian batting. I pinpoint personally. I pinpoint Mitch Marsh as our most crucial in the batting lineup because if he hums, he can take the game right away from India. In my opinion, I don't know what you reckon. And know we've got a few of those, but we know what the opening two can do. But if Mitch comes in at three and doubles down on a none for eighty after ten type situation, well, then we're then we're in business. I reckon. Yeah, Mitch Marsh, he's, he plays best when he's, his mindset's to be aggressive and, and that's what we need from him in the final. Um, don't second-guess your game. Don't look out there to just to, to work the ball um, in the innings. His, his job is, is to be highly aggressive and, and that's when he plays his best. He, he's not clouded in his decision-making. Um, he looks to, to go out there, hit the ball hard and, and, and put pressure back on the opposition. And, and you're right, if he does bat a period of time, the game moves forward really quick, and that then puts pressure on the opposition. How's the next few days for the Australians? I, I can't imagine that they're going to have a quiet moment in, in from the moment they leave the hotel in Kolkata to get on the bus, to get on the plane, to get on the bus, to get to the hotel in Ahmedabad, that there's going to be too many moments of uh, solitude, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a different energy now. Uh, this is exciting time. So as soon as the, the winning runs were, were hit against South Africa, it, it all turns to excitement. You've got the opportunity to, to play in a World Cup final. You've got 130,000 people packing a stadium. There'll be over a billion people um, watching this event, and, and it's all about excitement. From a, from a coaching um, point of view, it's making sure you, your players are really clear on, on what their role is, um, that they know how they play, play the best, all the, the net sessions and everything are done. It's not so much about hitting balls or bowling balls. It, it's making sure you freshen the players up mentally and physically as well, and, and enjoy the next couple of days. You're, you're in a World Cup final. It doesn't come around um, that often, so enjoy the moment, um, and it's going to be an absolute cracker, but you, you want to enjoy the next few days. Would you Would you imagine there's going to be fire alarms going off at the team hotel at 3 a.m., um, all of those things? like There'll be something. Room service calls at 4 o'clock in the morning going, oh, sir, your breakfast is ready, <laughs> and all, all those things? No, that, that won't be the, the biggest uh, distraction. It will be every worker in the hotel knocking on your door, no matter what time it is, asking for tickets. <laughs> Everyone will want a ticket to this final. You, you'll get a knock on your door at three in the morning, someone holding your laundry, and you'll be sitting there smiling, saying, tickets, tickets, tickets. <laughs> so that's going to be the, the biggest distraction for the Aussies is tickets. What would be your response if that uh, that scene greeted you, Hads, when you opened your door at 3 a.m.? Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't open it. <laughs> oh, you've been at tour enough. You, you know, it, the, nothing's good's going to come out of uh, um, answering your door at three a.m. Yes. So, yeah, it's 
it'll be amazing that they'll get um bombarded everywhere they go they'll, they'll order their dinner that um the waiter will hand the bill over and you just look ticket ticket <laughs> that that'll be the the most uh that that'll be what all that anyone's talking about just two tickets just two tickets well mate it's a good problem to have for them because it means that they're actually playing in the game. So um, we wish the Australians well, and hopefully it's something along the lines of what we saw in 2003 in the World Cup final when uh, Ricky Ponting went burko and took the game away from India in the final, and uh, we won by about a 1,000 runs. So something similar, a one-run run will do. Run one win will do, I should say. Um, Hads, uh, enjoy the next couple of days off. We're going to reconvene on Monday for a big wrap-up with the World Cup final. And fingers crossed we're talking about an Australian win. I think we will be. Stay safe. That was Willow Talk, everyone. As mentioned, back Monday morning to wrap it all up.